0: Welcome back to another episode of the Elvis Reviews podcast. In case you haven't already guessed from the name of this episode, we are talking about Aloha from Hawaii. I am here. Daniel is here. Hello. Hello. And we're going to talk about this. Yes, the album. Yes, but also because we've got video. Of course, we watch the video, and we'll talk about the video as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. There's some great videos on on YouTube. Like, there's a person who's upscaled it, which is cool. But I ended up watching that one that has all the different all camera the cut angles. angles. Yep, yep. Very cool. Yeah, that was really really cool to watch. But yeah, I, I mean, this show is considered by I, many to be Elvis's pinnacle, basically. Um. So I have a little bit of the info. So this came out. It was via satellite live in like Asia and a lot of places, but it didn't air in the United yeah, States like until April more than before. a month later, wasn't it? That was, and yeah. it was
0: because they didn't want to put it on at the same time as the Super Bowl or something.
1: Yeah, allegedly it was the Super Bowl and also the movie. Elvis oh on yeah, tour that was still in, was in out the cinema at the same time. But yeah, so the album had kind of a slow start on the charts. It did get to number one on May 5th. After it it had been on the TV there. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, it started out like like number 58 and then it went to 31 to 20 to 13 to 11. 58! And this is the same (laughs) period of time that Led Zeppelin... Has Houses of the Holy out, and Pink Floyd has Dark Side of the Moon. Some out. big,
0: I mean, very different sort of styles of music, but some big it competition is. there.
1: Yeah. So the week that Elvis was number one, May fifth, nineteen seventy three, number two, Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy. Wow. Number three was Bread. Number four was Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, this was a big album for Elvis, especially because it's a double album and those mm. cost more, so they they're less likely to hit number one because of sales. Yeah, they don't sell. But this sell, was huge.
0: You know, as well as yeah, a single. But would. this was
1: a huge album.
0: So we've already talked about the rehearsal, the alternate aloha, but yeah, this show we're talking about today, it was 14th of January, because it started after midnight, didn't it? So it would show in the right places. So it was actually the night of the 13th, I think, because it started at like 1230. Technically, it's the 14th of January, 1973. Honolulu International Center, which I think now is the Neil S. Blasdell something, which is the same place that Prince played when he used to play in Hawaii. So oh, that's, that's cool, cool that they they were on the same stage. Mm-hmm. He played there I think 96 97 for those like anniversary or something. He played some shows. He played there in January. Actually almost very similar mm-hmm. dates as well. Yeah, January. So yeah, it, uh, produced mm-hmm. by Marty Passetta yeah. who as the story goes, I think Colonel Parker asked a few people, but this was the guy that ended up being the guy. He mm-hmm. flew out to wherever, watched Elvis do a show. It was probably Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he didn't seem that impressed with what he saw, which I thought was amazing. There's, there's, <laughs> there's an interview with the guy on YouTube, and it's, it's really funny because after that show a day a few days later whatever it was he actually had a face-to-face meeting with elvis
1: oh, yeah i have trouble believing some of this story well,
0: yeah i mean it's and it's probably all from this one with the gun interview as well i mean I, i'm not bothered about the guns but it just sounds he was basically s- sitting in this room waiting for elvis and then like all all the goons that the flunkies came in before elvis mm-hmm. did elvis came in sat there apparently didn't say a word and mm-hmm. marty just started talking saying look i, I I'm the guy that Colonel Parker has chosen or hopefully chosen to produce this big thing. I went and saw your show. Uh, I wasn't that impressed. You didn't didn't move enough. You need to lose weight. You need to lose some weight. And I think it was here or some point in this interview, apparently, Elvis literally stood up and laughed his head off because... No one had talked to him like that in quite some time, yeah. and he was like, "You're the guy to make this show because you're telling me what needs to happen." And I, that part I believe whether, whether I do you too. know whether the guys walked in with their guns or not, I, I, who cares? But that, that no, just that sounds, that, that scene, that sounds totally crazy. believable. That part of it, like mm-hmm. someone actually stood up and told Elvis because he hadn't gotten the job yet, and I don't yeah. think he I don't think he was that bothered if he got it. Sure, it would have been great for his career if he did, but I think mm-hmm. he was sort of a if it happens, it happens; if it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. I, so I think yeah, he was
1: pretty successful. I, read, I think he did like award shows and things yeah. like the Oscars. And But yeah, I'd heard that story as well. The, and yeah, I think it is true. It's weird. I always forget that Elvis did gain some weight in 1972. I always think of like, you know, 1974 and five when he started to gain weight. But he did, I think after Madison Square Garden, but before Aloha, I guess he'd put on some and weight. I think he said and like that's that's what, what the 15 or 20 him.
0: pounds, which is like, you know, 10 mm-hmm. kilos, which is not a massive amount but he didn't have a long time to lose it but he, and he did
1: it man. he looked great in the show i thought oh yeah i mean when he comes out it's uh, it's just crazy uh, you know after 2001 when he just first appears in the white it's yeah. just he, the, it's the, the
0: contrast <laughs> between the white of that suit mm-hmm. and the whether that's his natural skin color or that's just the the tan he had at the time the that's contrast the between the white and the, that dark skin wow yeah it's something
1: <laughs> it, it was something when it worked out
0: <laughs> but um yeah what um, else can we say everyone everything's been said about this show uh, yeah you can, um, if you really want to know all the details just go to wikipedia it's all there um, yeah,
1: I'll say I don't like the I've never liked the, the album cover oh yeah there's a there's like a whole cut out and Elvis the, the picture they chose of Elvis is obviously before he lost any weight because he's it's it's one of my least favorite photos of elvis actually Ooh. but they had to put this together beforehand because yeah. it was rushed out the same as madison square garden yeah and the the um, track list i think was a sticker. They, yeah it was because they didn't know what the track list was yeah. until the last minute
0: i mean so, apart from but, the picture they used on the cover i think mm-hmm.
1: the thing with the the earth there and the the satellite that's cool yeah it's it's only the photos because there's another photo on the inside that's really weird where elvis is basically just cut out of another photo and placed with, like, hula girls on the side of him. And it just, it's just bizarre, because Elvis has got the whole jumpsuit, and he's got a microphone, and he's clearly not standing in the grass with hula girls. Mm. It, yeah, other, I mean, that's pretty minor of a quibble, but, yeah, other than that, it's fine. I just, I wish they'd have done well, a better job we, with the album we usually
0: cover. go with the original albums as they were released, but, you know, the first time I bought this was the CD release, whenever that came out, which is that very different cover. It's like a mm. wide cover with a low- oh, That's right. And Elvis, yeah. a few Elvis pictures in that, in the Aloha letters, much better cover.
1: Because they were able to use pictures from, from the, the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. That made oh, all the yeah. difference. It's a lot better. So yeah. I, I think we just go. Well, what else is there to say?
1: Yeah. Honestly, the first two tracks, I don't know what I'm going to say. So yeah, might as well start. Okay. So track number one, it's also
0: Sprotch Zarathustra. One day I'll figure out how to say that correctly. <laughs> I think you're getting it. I think it's right. Here we go again. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> I have not Well, when Elvis first comes out Like you said The first thing that you notice Is different to the first thing I noticed What you noticed Was the second thing I noticed The first thing I noticed Was just the amount of makeup
1: on his face Um, I don't know if he's wearing makeup Oh, really? Um- it I just, mean, he might uh, be, of course, but he—I mean—he's sweating so much. He's wiping his face constantly with scarves. That's true. Women yeah, in the later audience are starts, rubbing his forehead to get and the, stuff. The sweat on. Yeah, I, I honestly—I think that's just him. I mean, he might have eye makeup on. That's been something yeah, they've like said for Like on his years. cheeks,
0: and it just looked like foundation <laughs> or whatever you put on your face. I don't know. It just—it might have just been the lighting as well. It could have just been—I don't know. But the first thing that I thought was wow, look at all the makeup. And I know it's a big TV thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably has. but And that's fine. But now in the the, the age of, you know, 4K yeah. TV and, you know, you can see things a lot clearer than back then.
1: Well, um, if you watch this upscale to 4K, it's going to change. It might change the appearance of, of his face a little bit. You know what I mean? True, it might make true. it look like makeup when it's not. I honestly think he's just he's just that great looking. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that was just him. And again, I, I say that mostly because of people wiping his face throughout the yeah, concert that's with true, tissues that's and true. scars.
0: Well, I read a book by, I don't know if it was a book by Priscilla or if it was a, it might've been by Ronnie. I, I read some book about Elvis.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It might've just been a biography on Elvis who interviewed loads of people, okay. but they said, amongst other things, he had like glaucoma from all these blinding yeah. spotlights, which were on him for years. And he could, couldn't see that well sometimes. Right. But the other thing was that his hair was literally white, And it was always dyed jet black because that was the image. And there was never allowed to be any gray hair. And I always those two things are always in my head.
1: I knew Elvis had dyed his hair. In fact, they had switched hair dyes shortly before Aloha. It's actually dark brown and looks much more natural in this special. Yeah, yeah. If you go back to brown. Yeah, there's a couple of periods between 69 and 72 where it's really really jet black like almost blue in light. Mm. I never really heard about it about it being gray. I knew that, you know, his his natural hair color was kind of a dirty blonde and it had always been Well, yeah, been early black days it was sort of blonde, wasn't loving it? You. Yeah, there's still plenty of pictures of him with his natural hair color. And after he got out of the army, he did uh, follow that dream that's his natural mm. hair color in that movie. But Yeah, I don't I never heard about the gray. Uh, I mean it wouldn't surprise me. Although he's only in his 30s. I mean, I don't know when you start getting I don't remember hair, the time think,
0: period. It might have been a few yeah. years later when yeah. there were, you know, substances and stress and lots of other things right. going on and after the divorce. Yeah. Some people's hair literally goes white over, like, not overnight, oh, yeah. but maybe over a week or something, which is not yeah. unheard of.
1: And some people like, like Steve Martin, they just, they seem to yeah, have been yeah. gray since they were... 25 yeah, Every time I,
0: like, it was the makeup that made me start thinking about it because I was like, are we going to see like a Rudy Giuliani like oil <laughs> dripping down the side of his head? It's, I've never yeah. seen it happen to Elvis. Never. So yeah, I I don't know how true that white hair thing is, but I always think about it every time I see Elvis.
1: Yeah, I honestly, that's weird that I've, I've honestly never heard that. I mean, I knew about the hair being dyed, but I never they heard might, it I'm specifically pretty sure it was Ronnie to who said gray. It. it could be. I don't know how Ronnie would know, really. I mean, honestly, I don't know how anybody would know his hair was completely white if he was hiding it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I doubt you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no photo. Yeah. And I <laughs> doubt he ever let it get totally white, but he might've said that. He could have, that's, yeah, that's, so. that's what it could have been. Elvis could have just made a joke about dyeing his hair and he's like, without this dye, it's totally white. That could have just been a joke, but Ronnie's that. taken that and then gone, because that makes perfect sense. That's his sense of humor. That sounds yeah. exactly like something Elvis And then said. Ronnie's just run yeah. with that. And could've... like, well, yeah, this is how it is. This is how it was.
1: Right. Ronnie was the, s- the source of the story about Madison Square Garden being sped up as well. Uh-huh. Maybe Ronnie just ran around saying, <laughs> just make it up for <laughs> <perhaps laughs> Whatever he felt like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, track number one, what do you say? Track number two, C.C. Should- Rider, Pretty standard version.
1: Yeah. What have you got to say about this? Anything? Um, again, not really. I mean, uh, mostly Elvis's appearance when he shows up on stage is just incredible. And he's yeah. just magnetic. I mean, you cannot look away from Elvis when he's on stage. I mean, I don't really have much to say about the song. I mean, it's C.C. Ryder. It's always pretty much the same. This is a good, tight version. Everybody sounds good. But no, it's it's more just about his, his entrance and just like, ooh, yeah. there he is, you know? I wonder what it would have been like if he would have been around in the 80s. Well, especially if he would have been a little younger because his entrance is so, you know, he just comes in from like stage left. Whereas, you know, I'm used to concerts where like Prince like rose out of the bottom of the stage Oh, yeah. Smoke
0: things, would have, things would have changed. I mean, he probably would have even changed up this right. the intro and outro, the our intro and outro music. I mean, that probably yeah. would have been updated at some point. And then you think, what songs would he have been covering in, like, 1983? Like Hall and Oates? <laughs> he yeah. could have been – you know, it just blows your mind yeah. to even think about what if he was still around, like, years later and, like, covering what we think now, like, you know, 80s but contemporary yeah. songs. It's just – it hurts your head to even think about it.
1: But, yeah, other than the fact that, that his entrance is – is just normal where he, you know he walks up on the stage and there's no crazy uh, you know hydraulics and smoke and stuff like yeah he now. just walks
0: on stage yeah and
1: it's still it's still well, amazing it's still electric this
0: yeah. is this first song it's where one of my i don't have a, a lot of criticisms about this show but this is one of them Ooh, and mm-hmm. it starts to be pretty obvious like right from this first song From all the things that have been written about this show and people have talked about it and there's a million people on YouTube reviewing this show and the DVD and everything else. Mm -hmm. One thing that I kept seeing and reading was Elvis was, again, who knows if it's true. There's so much myth and stuff around this show. But this one thing kept coming up and that was that Elvis was basically told, don't move around too much. You know, we've got all the spotlights in certain positions and the, the cameras, so if you move too far from this area, it's gonna get difficult for for those guys. Yeah. And I, that makes sense. And it just sounds like that was such a restriction to Elvis being Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be other reasons as well, but that's the one that I kept seeing. So it seems that for at least the first half of the show, Elvis is pretty much just standing at that microphone. Sometimes yeah. he goes maybe two or three steps either side of it, but mm. he barely moves. You know, he's yeah. not out—he's not out doing his usual karate and going crazy to Ronnie's drums. And I mean, he does move a bit at certain points, and mm-hmm. maybe around halfway, and we'll get to that later. He sort of starts to loosen up and move around a bit more, but mm. it really seems like he was restricted by that rule if if that's what it was
1: i think so and, yeah and i think especially after the rehearsal had been filmed they probably had even more notes for him you know yeah. what i mean like oh do this do that and the other thing i had heard is that particular aloha suit was one of his heaviest so he's walking Ooh. around with like a 50 pound yeah suit of armor on wasn't that easy to move anyway <laughs> yeah i mean he he had all the, the fancy jumpsuits already but this one I think, was particularly heavy. So, yeah, mm. I think both those things are true. He's, he's, he's a little subdued. That's my
0: criticism, if that's what it is. So, But there, there is a funny part right near the start. When James is doing his guitar solo, and mm. Elvis has got his black acoustic guitar, very mm. obviously not plugged in at all. <laughs> right. When James is doing his solo, Elvis is doing his big posturing with his guitar, and then mm. looks down to where the cable would be. He knows there's no cable, but he's literally telling everybody watching, in that arena and on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's not plugged in. What are you going to do? And he just gets, he just gets the tiniest smirk on his face, which I laugh at every time. Mm -hmm. It's like, he knows he's just doing a big fake, guitar thing it's not plugged in and yeah that's probably why in that arena maybe not everybody could see that but he just looked back to where the cable was <laughs> it's yeah. just really funny to me
1: yeah he, he does that a lot though I'm not really playing this uh, yeah. thing on the show that's why it's always so weird when when people are like oh you know Elvis wasn't he couldn't really play guitar it's like yeah he yeah look he, at it it's not even plugged in it's like <laughs> yeah that's the joke he readily <laughs> admitted that and at that last concert uh, the his final concert he mentions that he only knows three chords but he faked him off. Oh, the um, that last so, TV special. Yeah. Yeah, the one that came out at Rapid City
0: And somewhere else, Omaha, or yeah, that's it. Somewhere like that. Here's another little annoying thing. Nothing related to this. Mm. What you just did? Mm. Slip of the tongue, maybe. But people say that was his last concert. No, it was the last TV special. Right, it was the last. He did a bunch of shows after that. Not a lot, but that wasn't the last show. It was the last televised thing.
1: Right. Well, his last tour. It was on the
0: last tour. But as I've said, I was literally born while Elvis was on stage Mm -hmm. at his last concert in Indianapolis I've worked out the time differences I was born when Elvis was on stage for the last time 26th of June 1977 which in Australia was early morning uh 27th of June 1977 the day I was born
1: that's really cool
0: so that's how I know (laughs) that was the final show yeah
1: let me uh, uh CC Rider I think the only other thing I've got is uh there's a really good guitar solo around 120 and I listened to the I watched it but then I listened to it on headphones the the newest FTD mix of it And it's really good it's so much better than Madison Square Garden but that's it, I just the whole oh, yeah. mix of the CD the new one sounds really good The thing with, really with James' good. guitar solo
0: is mm-hmm. we've heard it a thousand times yeah. <laughs> and something on this one which I haven't particularly noticed on the million other times I've heard it mm-hmm. is at some point he seems to be going up in notes and then down on another note and even Elvis is just staring at him, <laughs> which he does occasionally but yeah, yeah. it just seems like he did something different in this and it's really good.
1: Yeah, I wrote down that this is better than usual his solo yeah yeah he, yeah he, something's different
0: he pulled he pulled out the big guns for the the big show yeah he's like here's this thing i've been working on i'm going up <laughs> on this string but down on this one oh it's gonna blow people's heads off mm-hmm. Oh, it did <laughs> anyway track three. talk too much about the first song yes <laughs> track number three burning love mm-hmm. so great song performance was good elvis still seems very aware of the cameras and his movements right. in this song i like how he does his own echoes
1: yeah on, ser-
0: on those certain words Which is just always funny. It's like, well, I don't have all the fancy studio effects. I'll just do it myself. That's fine. We get a really good wink straight to the camera, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he barely moves his foot off his mark this whole song. He does one of the high notes at the end, which is cool. And like we've talked before about how having all the, the cameras on can really affect in positive or negative ways a performance. And this show is like, I think the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the nervousness and the fact that he knows, you know, there's many countries, hundreds of thousands of people watching this. Then he's got all these other restrictions, like you can't move over there, you can't do this, you can't do that. There would have been so much going on in his head yeah. and still trying to do an amazing performance at the same time. And it's like. And he pulls it off because most people just watch this and go, wow, amazing, Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) But when you actually look into all the sort of issues that were going on, it's like, wow, he pulled it off unbelievably because most people would be totally oblivious that all this other stuff was going on. But we watch it knowing and it's like, this is how great this guy is. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. During the rehearsal version, he forgot like an entire verse, I think, and he gets it completely right this time. In Mm. fact, I... Watching it, I see the nervousness and him standing still, but listening to it earlier just on headphones, you don't hear it. I mean, he sounds, it's almost as good as the studio version. I mean, it's really pretty tight. And I mean, Burning Love is definitely a song about the bass and the bass is great throughout, and the new mix, yeah, I can yeah. really hear the bass line, it's is really cool. I, I uh-huh. usually
0: always mention the bass, but I listened to the audio of this a bunch a while ago, mm-hmm. and I've just been watching the, the TV version of it lately,
1: mm-hmm. so I, the bass hasn't been... It's not that obvious gotcha. on that version. But yeah, the bass and the drums throughout this... That's every single concert, we could say the same thing, especially about the drums. One thing about Ronnie,
0: and I, I, I just said this, I think on the last show, literally, from second one of yeah. these shows, Ronnie is just at 150%. Right. I don't know... How he can just get out there from again, probably just sitting backstage having a, having a rest to just like going
1: absolutely bananas. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and even in the closing vamp, he's still oh yeah, he's still going as much energy. Yeah, it's still as crazy. Elvis as is gone. Elvis is <laughs> yeah. Elvis has <laughs> left the building, <laughs> and Ronnie's still going. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I do think right at the end of this song is the the only time I really hear a little bit of nervousness in his voice when he does the. Uh, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoy the show tonight. Mm. We're going to try and do everything you want to hear. Like his voice kind of quivers there. It's really, it's cool to hear that he's a little nervous. A lot of people, I've noticed Prince do that a lot.
0: He's 100% Mm -hmm. comfortable up there doing his songs. But the second he has to be normal and be a normal human and just talk to the audience. Prince always used to stumble over Mm -hmm. his words when he did that. And I'm sure he, in his head before he said it, he's like, I'm going to say blah, 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 blah. But then still, he'd still stumble over the words and like stutter. And it's it's again, it's just because you're being yourself. And I think a lot of these people, these big famous people, yeah, they can get up there and sing their songs and do whatever they do. But the second they've just got to be a normal person and relate, it's like, oh, this is this is real. I'm talking. Yeah. (laughs) And it always seems, you always see a bit of nervousness there. And it's always funny to me.
1: Yeah. I think Elvis was definitely more, more comfortable singing than, than talking in front of the the crowd. So
0: let's go to track number four. It is called something. It's a song by the Beatles. There you go. I don't really have anything. It's a good performance of the song. (laughs) It's fine. But another thing that I noticed at this point in the show, but it's been happening since the start of the show,
1: the audience are just sitting there, barely moving. Right. Well, you have to remember the audience has gotten instructions as well.
0: Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. They've probably been told as well. We've got all these cameras around. I don't want you standing up, getting right in front of yeah. it, the perfect camera shot and ruining the whole yeah. show. So I'm sure they've been told as well. Don't stand up. Don't get up and dance. Just sit right. there and do your clapping no like a photography. Good audience.
1: No yeah. I noticed that. Usually in an Elvis concert, there's so much flashing and stuff going on. But yeah, I think they were a little bit calm because they had instructions to be.
0: But again, just like Elvis loosens up maybe second half of the show, so did the audience, especially at the end. Maybe they were told, okay, at the end, You can get up because that's the only time I really see some life in the audience because once Elvis, you know, we're on that last track Mm -hmm. and he's like saying goodbye to everybody. They're all standing up and running down to the stage and then they're going crazy as you would expect in a normal show to be happening the whole show. Like you get a few girls running down every now and then giving him the, the lay around his neck. But that's like literally six girls the entire show. It's not a lot. And again, I'm sure that's been limited as well. They they could have even been pre-chosen. It's like, okay, at this song, halfway through this song, you go down and do this. I wonder if it was that choreographed or if they just ran up out of nowhere and said, I don't care, I'm going to do it.
1: (laughs) I was wondering, the only reason I think it wasn't quite that choreographed is Elvis ends up wearing this ridiculous scarf uh, not scarf he, he wears this lay that's way too small for him for half the oh sh- yeah like he, he's got this cool long red one and in fact yep. during the song something there's the, probably the most he's got the red the one. most yeah. famous poster of elvis i've ever seen is taken during while he's singing this song but then yeah later he, he loses that and then somebody puts like a, a little orange one around his neck that yeah
0: looks-
1: <laughs> so I, I was wondering the same thing it's like i wonder if they talked to the girls and said okay you th- you put this lay on him because this color looks good or like I, I thought, it might have been that coordinated, but uh, then again, maybe not.
0: If 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 there's any of those girls out there, <laughs> if if you're still around, if you're still listening yeah, to a, listen. an Elvis podcast okay. in 2023, let us know. I would really like to know if any of those girls are still around mm-hmm. and if they they could they're the, literally the only ones who could shed light on that issue, yeah. whether. They were told to go up or they just ignored the rules and just ran down there.
1: Well, what's his name? Marty Posada would know probably. Oh, yeah, true, true. I don't have a lot for this song, kind of the same as you. It's I, I prefer George Harrison's version. I prefer the Beatles version. Yeah. Elvis never sounds like he's really, really into it. I mean, once once you get to the you're asking me if will our love grow, it's better. But in general, I, I mean, his version of it is never Interested me very much. I
0: know what um, you're saying, and I, I can't think of the exact words mm-hmm. either. It's just, I've said perfunctory before. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems yeah. like, and you know how Elvis took all these cover songs from other people, right. made them his own. This one, not so much. And yeah. I think we've said that before. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's just singing it. He hasn't made it his own. Yeah. And I uh, think I it's such a unique song. I don't think anyone else could. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's nothing amazing about Elvis doing this song. No.
1: I mean, compared like to the, the very next track... I mean, he seems so much more engaged with that song and the lyrics than... So let's go
0: to the next track. It's track number five, You Gave Me a Mountain. Okay, what do you got here? Don't don't say not much. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, not too much, but uh, this is one that I think he sang much better later in life. Oh, yeah. The same thing with My yep. Way is both uh, of those songs, I think, were better. in. I think we know, said
0: this ages drama. ago. The, the older he got, the deeper the, yeah. the bass in his voice got. He could really smash out some of these songs with the power, yeah. which, you know, he wasn't doing in 1956.
1: <laughs> right. But, yeah, I think I have written down that this is the best his voice has sounded so far this show. Like, this is mm. this is where he feels like he's awake and really really connected it's it's one of those songs that people always wonder how autobiographical it is that he chose this song because it's about a part of it anyway it's about a woman leaving a husband and taking the child which mm. is exactly what was happening with elvis in 1973 so yeah. i don't know how much he identified with it or how much he just sang it because it's a, a good song that suits his voice
0: i think that he must have related to it for sure uh, on yeah on a few levels and and he kept doing this song for many years i I think so this was in the set list for quite a while this wasn't a one or two season and done this song was there for for, for the long the long haul but i've got a similar thing best performance so far in the show Mm -hmm. just like you said is exactly what i've got written here i mean this is the first time we really get those great booming vocals and and some movement thanks to ronnie Mm -hmm. ronnie starts doing those drum fills and we Elva starts to move a bit, even though we're sort of still on that spot. He starts moving around a bit. And I'm like, Oh, he's he's getting you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's he's um he's warming up. Mm-hmm. The best thing about the video to this, you know, the album's fine. You can listen to the album. Mm-hmm. But on the video, you can see and probably on Elvis on tour and other stuff, but you can see just how much Elvis enjoys the stuff that the band does. Like it's yeah. really it's really obvious with Ronnie mm-hmm. because he he can't help himself from moving around. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just a tiny little, you know, two or three notes from James, but Elvis knows it's coming. He looks over at James and he you can just see on his face, yeah, I this is I was waiting for that those three notes. Yeah. And it, sometimes it's just a line from the, the girls, the backing singers. And you know, he knows they're coming up to do their bit and he looks over and they do it and he just gets like this grin yeah. on his face, like yes. And that's one of the best things about watching this video is you can see just how much the music affects him and how much he enjoys it.
1: Yeah. I have it's great. I have a really similar note that throughout this show that Elvis looks at various people in the band or the the backup singers. And you can just see on his face, like he's just, he's like how he's, I don't know if it's pride or it's gotta be partially Yeah. Yeah. It could be
0: proud, you know, especially knowing that this is going out to the massive TV audience. And he's like, yep,
1: nailed it. But he just, yeah, he just nods approval. Constantly yep. to different people in the band throughout this whole show. It's it's really cool.
0: And you notice it in the, in the next track, which we'll get to, "Steamroller Blues." After that, Elvis sings the first line, and then James does his guitar thing halfway through that first line. Elvis has already turned to look at James, ready for that that little guitar thing, and he just stares at James like, "Yeah, yeah, you did it. That was your bit. You nailed it." Yeah. And it's just great. I agree. And he, like you said, he just nods. He's got that little smirk on his face, like, "Yep, that, that's how it's supposed to go." Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah he definitely I I think he definitely knew he was knocking it out of the park this yeah. whole concert
0: okay so track number 6 Steamroller Blues oh, now this song is really the first time we get some Glenn some uh, great mm-hmm. piano on this song They mm-hmm. you only get a couple of camera shots of him but you can hear it mm-hmm. and uh, it's just great there's after the guitar solo some great vocals from Elvis uh, you again I said this I think in the last show I think mm-hmm. it was Fairy Tale once you get to that mm-hmm. third verse Ronnie sort of changes the way he's drumming and he does it on steamroller as well he just makes a slight change to the way he's playing the drums after the guitar solo the hi-hat's just a little bit more open mm-hmm. it's just a it seems a little bit more sort of swing and it, just, it fits so well you know with how the song's going but yeah it's good this could be my favorite so far i don't know i mean you gave me a mountain it's great yeah but then this is steamroller <laughs> come on
1: this is one that people tend to say that the rehearsal version was better. And it might have been uh-huh. only because he does he does miss one line in this because he's kissing a girl in the, in the mm-hmm. early part of it. I can't even remember which line he missed. What I love is, again, this new mix on the FTD sounds so good. And I especially love the very end where I, I don't ever remember being able to clearly hear that Elvis ends the song by going, whoa, mother. <laughs> and you can hear it clearly on the FTD. It's really cool. Steamroller Blues, it's a really cool song. He seems to really be covering a lot of famous songwriters at this show. I mean, he's got George Harrison, Marty Robbins, James Taylor wrote Steamroller Blues, uh, My Way's Paul Anka, Lieber and Stoller, Chuck Berry, Jimmy Rogers. He's Hank Williams. Like He's really hitting the some major songwriters. Mm. And I wonder well, if that was uh, a conscious effort. I suppose
0: knowing that this was going out live to some countries and then delayed to other places, Mm. this could have been one of the first times some countries were even seeing Elvis. Yeah, you're So I right. guess this could have been, you know, let's do the best like representation mm. we can. Let's do the whole range. We'll do the blues. We'll do the ballads. We'll do the rock. We'll do we'll do everything yeah. because this is our chance. This is our chance. This could be our only chance, really. You know, this went out to like Korea and Vietnam and like so many countries. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. So, yeah, but I'm sure there was, and again, this would have been Elvis's choice on the songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he would have wanted to show the best of what
1: he could yeah. do and this the, of course was yeah. technically the single except it wasn't it was the b-side of fool uh, but this is basically the single from the one
0: benefit of elvis not moving around too much
1: is that he's
0: a lot more focused mm-hmm. i think on his yeah. vocal performance which of mm-hmm. course is good but myself i'm not sure whether i'd rather see or hear a slightly less polished vocal performance if he could just be himself on stage and move the way he wanted to move or move less and get a better vocal. Yeah. I, I don't know which one I would prefer. I mean, they're, they've both got their, you know, plus and minus. I suppose the good thing is we've got other videos apart from this yeah. show. There's so many other things we could watch and get either of those things.
1: Well, and the thing is, if you watched, you know, that's the way it is, I mean, you pretty much got both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you're right. It's become more of a one or the other thing in 73. Yeah. He's very, I, I haven't wanted to do any. Anything particularly critical? Because I really enjoyed this show. But if you compare it to him in 1970, just three years earlier, I mean, he is uh, drastically different. Mm. Although, again, this might be with him. Like you said, him having to stay still, him wearing the heavy suit, him—you yeah. know—it is a different, a different thing than him in Vegas.
0: But see, then, as an Elvis fan, are you not annoyed that this version that we see of Elvis is the one that's probably
1: the most famous? Uh, no, I know it's not his best. I know his best maybe was just a couple of years earlier and that's the way it is. But no, it's still, I mean, he still looks incredible and he still sounds incredible. The video, the movement. He looks great. He sounds
0: great. But the restricted movement really sort of gets to me. Because again, you can go back to That's The Way It Is or even Elvis on Tour or just a year or two earlier. And there's a lot more going on mm-hmm. but because of the restrictions of this whole broadcast it's like you yeah. just stay on your spot as much as you can
1: yeah i guess that one aspect of it bothers and me and it's just like ah uh, okay <laughs> again the the photos he looks so damn good and the the audio is good so yeah i mean it's rare that i really sit and watch this oh yeah i don't think i've watched so it, it for it didn't bother me that much. 10 15 yeah, years same here it's <laughs> been a really long time and just like every single thing that we've done in this podcast, it's always better than i remember it always when i watched
0: it the first bunch of times years ago mm. i didn't know all this behind the scenes stuff and i just thought okay that's good yeah. but now that i know it's like stay on your mark don't move yeah it's like ah oh, restriction <laughs> mm. i don't like it but anyway let's go side two. to track number seven is this side two or side it is. i guess if we've got double vinyl we've got a b c d i guess right. or side two yeah Side one two three four we've got my way yep. track number seven is my way great vocal performance and again just like the last track you'll notice the last bridge and chorus Ronnie really swings it up on the drums and it's such an obvious change to my ears and now I'm aware of it he seems to do it on a lot of songs I'm gonna have to listen for that because I'm not really usually when it comes up I mean a lot of Elvis songs don't even have a third verse but like pretty much the last bridge and chorus of this you just hear and it's usually just a slight change but to me it's so obvious Mm -hmm. I mean, most, again, most people probably wouldn't even notice. It's just, that's just that's just the song. That's how it goes. But if you're just listening to Ronnie, you're like, well, two thirds of the song, he's playing that. And then at the last bit, he changes a bit. and It's like, mm. oh, interesting. Good, big last note from Elvis. Yeah. And again, like you said, the older he got and that voice got deeper, yeah. you know, songs like this were just, they only got better. Oh yeah, and this song and the last song he's got that little orange (laughs) lay that someone gave him, a a real like fluffy one and it it does look funny
1: Yeah, it's like those plastic ones you can buy in stores, uh, not like the nice Mm. real flowers.
0: But then he gets Um, like that blue scarf and the blue and the orange sort of looks nice together.
1: And then he gets another scarf that that Charlie doesn't put on him correctly so it's just draped over his shoulder at one point. Um, Anyway uh, let's see, my way. I've got again, kind of the same thing that you just said and the same thing I was saying about you gave me a mountain. It gets better later. Mm. I will say that again that that new mix, the F T D mix on this is so amazing. It used to bother me the violin part always seemed a little Oh yeah. A little bit either too loud or a little too thin. There was just something about it that didn't work. The new mix, it doesn't bury the violin, but it blends it so much better. It's just the arrangement just sounds mm. completely different on the new FTD mix. It's really good. That, that's our um, that's uh, our recommendation. Yeah, I do. Go and, go
0: and listen to the new, the new version. Yeah, the original's great, but it's yeah. better.
1: <laughs> so this is what, originally a French song. And I think Paul Anker wrote the English lyrics to it. And Paul Anker specifically has said that he did not think that this song suited Elvis. But this is one that he did make his own. Unlike something, mm. this is him owning a song. And he did this uh, right up to the yeah, end yeah, absolutely. Like, this
0: was in the set yeah. forever
1: I think he identified with, with lines like to think I did all that and not in a shy way uh, I think mm. th- there was a great documentary called This is Elvis I think it was 1981 maybe and it used my way as the, the climax and during the the 77 version. But during it, you know, they're showing like all these scenes from earlier in his life and it's really affecting. Yeah, I I think this is a song that he, he took to heart and he's never done a bad version of it, but he has done better versions. You know what they nail in this song, but generally they don't.
0: And that is at the end of a song, there's like usually some big last note and Elvis will like punch the air or put his hand right, up or down right. to stop the band. Like that's the last second of this song. This song, my way, they get it. But a lot of songs in this show, they're off. Mm. And as tight as this band seems at times, they weren't so good with ending songs, which I hate to say. But the more that I watch and hear, it's um wow, they can be off by like a second. Which Elvis does his hand down, right. and then the band's still going for
1: another second. You're like, can they not see him? <laughs> so, so is this something you noticed in the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I noticed that in the video as well. But when I listened to it, I didn't hear a single. You can't no, see it. No so sloppy, sloppy yeah. endings. So uh, <laughs>
0: that's one benefit of audio yeah. only.
1: <laughs> but I, I totally, not, I noticed the exact same thing where he would do because he was always doing this hand motion. And yeah. yeah, the band was not right immediately on it. But I yeah, mean, it doesn't, doesn't show up in the I mean, audience. Prince did that a lot. Oh, and sure. if they weren't right on, <laughs> man, someone's losing a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah. that night. That's You failed. Yeah, very different.
0: But Elvis is just like, oh, that's, that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I noticed at some point in the show is where the orchestra is positioned. And in some camera shots, it looks like there's a massive mirror that they yeah. they look up there and they can see the whole rest of the stage in that is that what yeah. it is i wasn't sure if it was just a weird
1: lighting thing but it looks like there's a giant mirror i think there's more than one there might be one on the other side as well there could be one on both yeah, sides yeah um i forgot i read something about that or, or maybe it was that marty pesada guy that was discussing it but he did say that he wanted to have the mirror mirrors up there so he so elvis felt like the crowd was even closer or like wherever he was he could see the crowd and they could see mm. his reflection mm. but yeah that, that's giant mirrors I I've never really seen the stage set up. Yeah, I'm like sure. By it, by I'm sure itself. there's
0: someone that's online's mm. drawn it up. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Anyway, track number eight. It's Love Me. I do like, before he even starts this song, we actually get some real off-the-cuff Elvis, which is great to see in such a, you know, tight, mm-hmm. rehearsed, restricted sort of show. Oh, what does he say? Someone screams out something and he's like, oh, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll get that. Oh, that's right.
1: Well, first he says, I'd like to do a medley of my records. And then he does not do that. <laughs> but first he says that and then you yeah, have somebody else oh, he he starts singing treat me and then <laughs> yeah, he's I'll like what 400 oh yeah i'll do it all 429 <laughs> a,
0: yeah. of them or something <laughs> and then he starts the song and like that's a you can tell that's how he is in normal mm-hmm. shows yeah he's loosening he'd always up. he'd always have some comedic remark to someone screaming out something in the audience but this show you would expect again they would have told him <laughs> keep that to a minimum don't you know don't mess around too much we've got you know these cameras cost a thousand dollars a minute to run don't waste time but yeah it's good just to see a few seconds of the real guy (laughs) but Uh, um what do you got
1: i i actually i know i complained about this song on the last one we did at madison square garden i actually think this is a, a pretty good version of it again that new mix helps a lot because one of the things that i hate about the arrangement is JD mm. going boom, 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 <laughs> and the new mix? It's still there, but it's way buried where it ought to be. Yeah, this is actually a, a surprisingly pretty good live version of a song that he almost never did a good live version of because he was usually. Give it away scarves. This was the kiss, kiss the girls. It and was throw the scarves. But he around. actually, this is a pretty good live version. One of the best, really. Yeah, I don't there have you much. Go. You heard it here first. Yeah, I actually like a live version of "Love Me" <laughs> from the seventies. There's one
0: bit in this song. He says, "Your heart's beating close to oh, mine," no, and he does that like the mic thump <laughs> on his yeah. chest. He just gets this little laugh before he keeps singing. And again, it's so mm-hmm. funny to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like that. It's part like too.
0: it's like this is a joke just for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are a few others actually later in the show which are even funnier, mm. but we'll get to those. Uh, but yeah, it's a good song. It's a good version. Mm. It's a good end. Mm-hmm. They they almost nail the end of it. <laughs> oh, I hardly even remember now how specifically. So yeah. then, track number nine. It's Johnny Be Good. Now he didn't do this that often. No, because from all the live shows I've heard, this occasionally turned up. But to hear it here, I'm like, oh wow. And again, I think he's just trying to give the biggest range of stuff that right. he can. And, you know, a big old rock and
1: roll song. That's what yeah. you need. Chuck Berry. I mean, another and major And the funniest songwriter. thing
0: is in the, the first few lines he gives a look at James and mumbles his way through a few yes. words and you just know that he sang something totally different in rehearsal. <laughs> Probably. Everybody laughed so here he can't say the thing that he said in rehearsal because who knows what it was so he just mumbles a few words. James laughs yeah. his head off it's just classic. It's the best bit in the whole song yeah, for me that because you well. just know it's We're a supposed- you know he sang something hilarious in rehearsal mm-hmm. <laughs> which he's he's done a few times. Mm-hmm. I mean and that shove it up your nose probably started at a rehearsal oh, and somehow ended up in I'm the real sure show. Did. Yeah. But
1: um, that's the best part in the whole song for me. I like that part a lot, too. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to say stood a log cabin made of earth and wood. And instead he does uh, stood a young moon made of earth and wood. And then he gets back into the song. So, yeah, I have no idea what he might have really said. The funniest thing is before
0: he even starts the line, he looks over at James mm-hmm. like, you know what's yeah. coming, right? <laughs> and then he does it. It's just yeah. that's the thing the, with the video over the audio. Is you can see his brain working, <laughs> which I love. It's like this line's coming up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look mm-hmm. at this person. Give them a look. Yeah. They know this is coming. Then I'm gonna do something, and it's just ah. Oh, yeah, it's so I noticed good. it
1: uh, anyway. during the wonder of you on a earlier concert, where he gets to the line in rehearsal. He's being saying, "You give me hope and constipation." instead of consolation <laughs> and right when he's about to sing that line he, you can see him make eye contact with, with some of the girl singers in the Sweet Inspirations yep. and he does, it, he does the right <laughs> line in that one but he looks at him like you know what I'm. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like other thing. Johnny B. Good. I mean, it's a guitar. It's a guitar song, and so
0: yeah, it's a massive it. showcase for James. There. If you if you didn't already know that he's amazing, yeah. here you go. Listen to this song. Uh,
1: yeah, I say this song is associated with Elvis, although he didn't sing it in the '50s. As far as I know, the first time he did it was. In like 1969 on stage um but it's so associated with Elvis that after Elvis died Bruce Springsteen wrote a song called Johnny Bye Bye which is saying goodbye to Elvis or but he's referring to Elvis basically as Johnny be good interesting
0: and it's probably because of this show yeah because you're this right. was the biggest thing he ever did and like i i don't, I don't have that connection i Never really knew there was a connection between Johnny B. Good and Elvis, but having this show be, you know, one of the biggest things he ever did, and he plays this song, that's probably what got into people's heads. And it's such a well-known song as well.
1: Um, and there's a couple of lines like, you know, "Lived a country boy," which would describe Elvis, a guy he's from the south. Yeah. Oh, maybe someday your name will be in lights as he, he's singing this. Yep. And then you look up, there's <laughs> exactly. massive li- lights. Yeah, up it a million They'd, lights. Yep. You'll be the leader of a big old yeah. band. Yep, definitely Tick. a song associated with Elvis, but def- not one that he did in the fifties when I, I guess it originally came out. Yeah, it's mm. it's good. This is one that he didn't do in the rehearsal. It's it's new for the this show. Yeah, um,
0: there were just a couple of differences, weren't there?
1: I don't know if this is the first one and we skipped it. I think this is the first difference,
0: possibly. Yeah, I think because it is. later on there's um is a long tour Sally, Hold it, or shaken. Is that that's not in the rehearsal? Yes, yeah. yes. So I remember watching the long alternate long. one and I'm like, oh, oh, that's not there. Right. But, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, Blue suede shoes as well. Mm. But um, I don't have else, much else for Johnny B. Good. Like I said, it's he's only ever done it live. They're always good versions, except when they're part of the introductions. Oh, when it's yeah. Like they did thir- used to be 30 second. They did yeah. used to be with like school yeah. days and he would introduce James and oh, he would do like yeah. 30 seconds of Johnny B. Good.
0: What was that? There was school days. There was was it love letters? Yeah. Or something? And then, There's a few songs that used early
1: morning real hell, rock and roll.
0: Yeah, a few different ones ended up in the band introductions. They sort of went through different ones. Anyway, track 10, it's over. He barely moves off his spot for this one, which is fine. It's a ballad. I don't (laughs) expect him to be jumping around like crazy. Good to hear this one. This wasn't a permanent inclusion in the set list through the 70s, so it's good to get something that I just wasn't expecting and this was... The one for this show, I think. Big End, of
1: course. That's that's about it, isn't um, it? <laughs> this, uh, so far, is probably my favorite track on the album. I oh, know, wow. I know, it surprises you probably, but but yeah, I like this one. Oh, this is a sad, depressing song, of course. And it has some <laughs> great lyrics. Uh, it was written by Jimmy Rogers, who has written a bunch of stuff. But just lines like, you know, if time were not a moving thing, I could make it stay. This hour of love we share would always be the, mm. you know, coming day. It's it's got really good lyrics, and Elvis. I mean, he just nails it. Yeah, this is a big highlight. After My Way and You Gave Me a Mountain, this is, yeah, like one of my favorites of the entire show. Uh, Yeah, other than, again, the FTD version is really, really mixed fantastically. I mean, it's so good—the strings and drums. It's just—it's just really, really well this done. This whole show is just a big ad. Go and buy the FTD. <laughs> yeah, aloha. <laughs> I tell you, if they—I know they're putting Madison Square Garden out again. Yeah. But if—if if they can make it sound this good, I'm line up for it. Track number eleven, blue suede shoes. Okay.
0: You've got to have the same comment as me, and that is whoever was choosing the camera shots had an epileptic fit during this song because like there's literally three or four camera changes every second, not every second, but many seconds the camera shots are just
1: going crazy it's like what is even happening here see i can imagine the producer or director or whatever telling elvis look here's what you stand still we're gonna move the cameras and it's gonna it's gonna look like something yeah something. yeah yeah we'll make <laughs> it look
0: <laughs> yeah i it didn't it's, work. um i mean it's fine <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we even get an extra chorus at the end he's like keep going keep going keep going yeah. does it again which is good but yeah it's blue suede shoes mm-hmm. But like we've said, it's usually a big throwaway. Mm. This being the big TV thing, this is probably one of the better um, versions because he knows he's got to do it right. And I do like he he gets to the end and he's like, ah, another chorus. <laughs> Keep going, do it again. But yeah, what else? What um, else he got?
1: I like it. It's I mean, it's like a minute long. He he yeah. promised like three songs ago, right before Love Me, he says I'm going to do a medley of my records, and then he does one of his yes. records, then Johnny Be Good, <laughs> I and didn't then it's, no, that. it's over. And now Blue Suede Shoes. It's like we're back in the medley somehow. Yeah, he did the same thing, yeah. I think, at Madison Square Garden. I remember talking about it. Like He says he's going to do a medley of his songs, and he does one of his songs, and then two songs from out of nowhere and then back to see
0: That's got to be just him Mm -hmm. i mean he calls out the song i mean i'm sure they have a set list written but elvis Elvis still calls out you know something it's over uh so he could easily change a song if he wanted to and maybe that's what he did he just threw out a comment about i'm gonna do a medley he does love me which could have gone into something else and then he just
1: yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it's weird my favorite live version of this song is he did one in at the 68 comeback Actually, he did one sitting down and one standing up. And the one standing up is really, really good. But yeah, it's like you said, it's Blue Suede Shoes. It's about a minute long. You know, like we're going to get to that (laughs) 68 comeback special. But okay, track number
0: 12. I'm so lonesome, I could cry. And he pretty much always introduces this the same way. He's like, this is the saddest song Mm. I've ever heard. Almost every time I've heard him do this, he's... He's introduced it that way. The song's fine. Good vocal from Elvis. It's a pretty short version though. Mm -hmm. But the annoying thing in this song is this after the first line of singing you get the you know the the recognition applause which you can't tell if that was added in afterwards or not because there's no audience shots to prove it either way and it's weird and
1: we've said it a few times before it's like that's just not a normal thing to do is it (laughs) no but it would be super random for them to add it on this you know track six you know what i mean it makes no sense so I think the the crowd must have actually yeah. did that. It yeah. could have been real, but it just
0: yeah, it sounds a bit strange. Is that on the S C D CD? Probably. It, yeah, it could be real. I think it is. I but think it's, it's just. just a... is, it's just a weird. It doesn't happen now. No, it's, you know, because people know the yeah. song from the first second. Who, yeah. Whatever artist you go and see, unless they're like, here's a song from the new album and no one cares. Everyone knows the start of the song. It's not until you get to the end of the first
1: line people are like, oh yeah, I know this one. I'm going to clap
0: now. It's just really <laughs> yeah. weird.
1: I don't know, I'm trying to think. I feel like I remember like when Prince was doing like the piano medley and he was kinda of going through Raspberry Veret and Starfish and Coffee and I-, I kind of remember them some people around me, you know, clapping every time they recognized something, which was annoying. But I guess there yeah. are people who do that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know this. Yeah. I have to clap so everybody knows I know it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Yeah. I've never done it. <laughs> no, oh, it's yeah. strange. If it, what do you got for this one?
1: Yeah, like I, I always I wanted to love this song from the very first time because because he introduces it that way and i'm like oh man this is the saddest song elvis has ever heard and then i just it's oh, you know it's okay you're one of those don't tell me what to think people
0: <laughs> i'll decide if this no. is the saddest song i've ever heard now that you've told me this is the saddest song i, I say it's i not. wanted <laughs> it to be
1: i wanted to uh, have the same opinion as elvis but i just don't I, I like the fact that you can see elvis give himself the chills after the first line. It's so cool. And you can even, mm-hmm. if, if if you got headphones on, you can hear him kind of suck in some air after that first line. Like he's got the chills. I've got this song by Dean Martin and Glenn Campbell. And I think I like the Glenn Campbell version the best. It's a song by Hank Williams and I've never heard the original. But what I don't like about Elvis's version is I find it a little twangy, I guess. It's like the arrangement. I've, I've heard the song arranged with an orchestra and it's like a you know, done very differently. Elvis sings it very much like a country song, and I think maybe that's why I don't love it so much. My favorite mm. there, there's a version where he that somebody recorded where he's at Linda Thompson's house and they just record Elvis playing this song on acoustic guitar and singing, and that is really something that's really interesting to hear other than that uh, i have that this this must be one of the earliest mentions in a song of a purple sky Ooh. but <laughs> and there's purple lights on <laughs> the about, stage during yeah. the song but yeah other than the sky being all purple uh i got nothing else about this one really it's good i don't okay. dislike it it's just not yeah it's it's not my favorite track 13 mm-hmm. i can't stop
0: loving you what do you go for this one
1: let's see it's about two minutes long he's I, i've got i don't think he's ever done a bad version of this but this is a much more laid back version than I'm used to. Uh, I'm used to him really just attacking the song and then doing the ending mm. twice because he wants to attack it again. And this is probably the most, it's not bad, but it, it does feel like his most casual version I've ever heard of him do of this song. Like he's really not screaming his head yeah. off. Like, I, like he does a little bit toward the end, but it's a good version. Like I said, I don't think he's ever done a bad one, but But I would put a lot of other versions ahead of this one. The funniest thing in this song is right at the start. Oh, yeah. Charlie (laughs) gives him a glass of
0: water, and I think... Later on in the show, there is mm-hmm. revenge for this. I think as soon as Glenn sees Elvis drink the water, he starts playing the piano introduction yep. <laughs> to the song and straight away, Elvis just looks <laughs> at Glenn and then there's like a two second delay before he starts singing because yep. he's got to swallow the water. And then later on, we'll get to it. I think there is revenge for that.
1: I was wondering if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. The revenge part, because I, I, it's kind of hard to spot. Yeah. Even on the multicam version, mm. you can yeah, just sort of see it. It's not captured <laughs> yep. that
0: well. But it happens. He really starts to move around the stage a bit here, which I think is great. And he really starts to get into this. He's moving around. We get some good high notes. You know, we're about halfway through the show and I think he's gotten over his nerves a bit and he's really just started to enjoy yeah. the show which is um only going to make for a, a better show from now on yeah um, i agree yeah and yeah the end bit's good and yeah. a thing i've noticed he does a few times and he does it right at the end where he's doing the yesterday mm-hmm. bit Oh, the belt he tightens his adjust <laughs> yeah. his belt which he does it a few times and yeah he could just be adjusting his belt but it's so much more <laughs> seems like for yeah. a comedic effect i think so too. it could be both mm-hmm. but it's it's funny both times yeah. every time there he were a does couple it. of
1: times during the show that I noticed him doing the like pulling his belt up like it was falling off kind of yeah. thing
0: right? and it, it's like adjusting it just before like a big note <laughs> right. or something
1: it's like here we go right, I'm getting right. ready for this
0: <laughs> yeah there we go That's it. so track 14 this is the last song on this,
1: on this the, side yeah this is the last song on the first track okay.
0: and it's Hound Dog track 14 Hound Dog right. super quick version of this yeah uh, I didn't look at the seconds it's probably 40 seconds or something yeah, it's, it's really quick
1: but it's probably less than wow. that because there's probably
0: audience at the end yeah, stuff.
1: But yeah, I don't have much. I just have that. It's yeah, it's done pretty much at the normal speed. He doesn't like at Madison Square Garden. He did like a bluesy version and then went into a fast version. This is just straight ahead. Hound Dog. Yeah, there's not a lot to say about it. I mean, it's a pretty good version. It's very short. It feels like it should have been part of that medley that Elvis <laughs> didn't do. Um, yeah. I like the ending where he says, I was just a baby when I did that song. Although he uses yeah. an expression that I hate I'm lying like a rug. I feel like people used to say that in the 70s all the time. It's one of those expressions like, I'm as as broke as the Ten Commandments. I don't know. It, it's <laughs> it's an expression that always bugged me. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, I, I heard him
0: say, yeah, I'm lying I, like a rug. And yeah, I, I understand yeah. what it means, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it before. I've heard my dad say it.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I can't think of any other ones. At the moment. But yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. A rug Lies. literally yeah. lays on the
0: floor. So, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I just, yeah, nobody says that anymore. He, he, he dated himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to track 15. Four. If you've got a CD, uh, yeah. it's What Now My Love. Or the first track on the, the second, second disc. Yeah. It's a great vocal on this one, especially that last part. But, you know, that must have blown away yeah. everyone in the audience. Yeah, it had to. But I don't have a lot about it. It's okay. It's not my favorite song.
1: I think during the rehearsal, I probably talked about this one a lot already. This is probably in my top five Elvis songs ever. Oh, wow. I just love... (laughs) It's always (laughs) the ones
0: I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about it. Like, this is my favorite song. It really
1: is. I, I like the... I love the music. I love the way it, it just builds and builds and it's just that that insistent dun 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 oh, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun
0: And you got all the oh, orchestra and so strings amazing. and stuff come in. And I yeah, just yeah. it's one of those big dramatic It is you know, operatic songs that you know he loves.
1: It is. And one of the writers it looks like a French name. I can't even pronounce it, but it looks like it's another French French origin, which is his kind mm, of thing. It's gotta be uh, French
0: or Italian. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a song about suicide. Which I don't know if everybody picks up on mm. that, but it's like he's singing about it, there's nothing left, only my last goodbye. And that's the the final note. My last goodbye. Yeah, there's now that you've left me, there is nothing, only my last goodbye. So yeah, it's like this big, crazy, dramatic song about killing yourself. Uh, and he just, I mean, he just blows it away. When he gets to the line, here come the stars tumbling around me, that's when the drums and the horns kick in. And it just becomes... Yeah. I, I don't know. I have trouble going through the rest of the concert after this song. Like, I've watched this a few times, and once I get to this song, it's like, I gotta take a break. But I, I don't know what else to say. I, I like that there's a version that the Royal Philharmonic does the backing. I like that one a lot. Maybe better. But that's about it. This this is just like Impossible Dream on the last show. This song floors oh, me. Yeah. This is This is the one that is just like i don't know how you can go on after this
0: (laughs) if this is written by a french guy it makes perfect sense because this song has some similarities it reminds me of a song from Hmm. les mis Les miserables and i think it's called stars and you just mentioned stars a second ago there's some similar parts in this song that remind me of that so if like if the writer of this was french that makes perfect sense
1: could be i i definitely love these big dramatic kind of Broadway yeah. type songs, like Impossible Dream was was from a Broadway show.
0: I've probably said this a bunch of times over the, all the shows we've done. And I can never always pinpoint exactly. It could just be a a couple of chords, a chord progression or a few notes, but there's just something that's like, and it just triggers my brain. It's like those three notes are from that song. Or yeah, sometimes I cannot even pick what it is or why, but there's just something there. Anyway, that's that one. Track 16. It's called Fever. Was this Nancy Sinatra? No. Well, I assume
1: the original is Peggy Lee which is exactly what I thought Uh until I found out that the original is from 1956 by a guy named Little Willie John. Oh, there you go. And if I were John, I would protest that nickname. But his version is really cool. You'd probably guess that he didn't (laughs) name himself that. Um, Maybe his first name is actually just Willie and they're not just (laughs) calling John Little Willie. But I never noticed it. But Elvis does this song pretty close to the way he did it originally in 1960 like it's it's not sped up mm. it's not really it's really not changed that much
0: um, oh, but this sort of blues you, you, you can't speed this up anyway no this is like steamroller like the, the well, slower the better like pokes at any if you did it too fast yeah. it loses something
1: well you should hear the original the original is so different elvis's was clearly based on peggy lee's where it's basically the whole song is nothing but bass drums and and snapping the original's got like mm. a whole band behind it. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I don't know if Elvis even heard the original, but it's worth checking out. I'll have to go yeah, find 1956, one. Little Willie John. This is a good version. This song is way more visual than other songs. When you're listening to this yeah. on on headphones, you're you're wondering what's going on because there's just crowd reaction and you have no idea so yeah. it's a great visual song it's not one i like listening to and a lot of times like i said a lot of times after what now my love i just stop the whole the <laughs> stop the whole thing so time for a break Yeah, fever if there's any song on this album i was gonna skip while listening oh, yeah. it would probably be fever but i don't dislike it it's just definitely you know, seems you know we're past
0: halfway just and it seems like even the audience are loosening up a bit now like mm-hmm. this is like the most reaction right, we've heard so from Elvis is yeah, really this moved, is, which is probably. probably what they've all been waiting for and, it's like why hasn't right. he moved for the last you know <laughs> yeah. 40 minutes because they've just been sitting there you know he starts moving and the the audience start right. reacting as opposed to like again which is great for recording but literal silence from the audience dur- during songs it's like um it's like a Japanese audience i saw prince in japan once I loved it. It was absolutely amazing. I think I've mentioned this before. They might do the recognition clap, actually. As soon as he starts a song, they're like, oh, yes, I know this one. But literally sit there in silence, unless he specifically said, you know, clap your hands or sing this. They will sit there in silence, just take in that performance, and then at the yeah. end, massive applause, which makes for great recording mm-hmm. if you're recording a live show. Absolutely perfect.
1: I um, I can't even remember the artist now, but I've got a, a live show from Japan. Like, the album starts without crowd noise. It starts with the music. And I, there's no way of knowing that this is a live show until the song ends There's a couple of seconds silence and then polite applause. Yeah. Yeah. Once they're sure it's over. Amazing. Now we clap. Perfect for recording.
0: I loved it. I wish I could see every concert (laughs) in Japan. I just love, I just love the the respect and politeness. I wonder. In the way that they react. It's, Mm -hmm. it's how my brain works. Like when Mm -hmm. I saw Prince in America, like there were women around me who literally just screamed through entire songs. And it's like, I want to hear the song, not you. You're literally deafening me. 30 centimetres from my ear just screaming like and they're Uh, so loud I wonder if it would have so loud the difference between going to see Prince in America and Japan you would not believe that it's insanity the difference between the crowd the way that they react and I know know which one I prefer
1: I wonder if if Elvis ever would have played Japan if that kind of a reaction would have freaked him out you know what I mean he's so used to the I'm
0: sure they would have
1: Well, they probably would have told him
0: yeah I guess you're right I mean they have to prepare him I I just feel
1: like a part of every Elvis show since the 50s is getting the audience to scream at, at some point. To, mm. You know what I mean? It just seems like such a part of his deal. Oh,
0: they learn their parts though. Yeah. If they know what's expected of them, like they know they're expected to sit in the audience and clap at the end of a song. But if they've like heard bootlegs or they've seen other shows yeah. where, you know, this is where people scream, they'll do yeah. that because that's what's expected of them. They, it's just such a respect for the artist. Like he expects us to scream yeah. at this part. So that's what we'll do. I just, I would love it. Uh, just about with Fever. Obviously. The funniest okay. thing about Fever is just, and it's, very obvious here, but it's in other songs as well. And it's just the the <laughs> chain reaction of Ronnie does a little drum fill, Elvis does a move, the audience scream, Elvis gets the little smirk. <laughs> right. It's like one, two, three, four. And it's just, it's so fun to watch. And like you said before, yeah. you can't take really your fun. eyes off him. And when stuff like that is happening, mm-hmm. you cannot because you're like, what's he going to do? What's, is he going to do a smirk? Is he going to smile? Is it, what's he going to do? The chain reaction of just those things in a row. Yes. It's so fun to watch. And again, you don't get that just no. with the audio. You hear the drum fill, you don't see Elvis move, then you hear the audience scream, and then you don't see the Elvis's reaction. So you're yeah. only getting literally half.
1: Yeah. Of That's it with why audio. Like I said this song for me is kind of the most skippable. For audio. Unless yeah, yeah unless I'm watching. Then you got to watch. A, it. I'll definitely watch it. So it's track
0: 17, it's Welcome to My mm. World. What do you got for this one?
1: There's a part where he's doing a little tug of war with one of his scarves and a girl in the audience. I love that. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: And he's still got this orange scarf, little orange light, little fluff, still (laughs) there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is a song I don't love. And at the risk of sounding like one of the people I was complaining about at Madison Square Garden, this actually does seem like a song that doesn't seem like an Elvis song. I mean, it, it doesn't really feel like one he, I hate to say should have recorded, but it just, I don't know, it doesn't suit him in my mind. Uh, He never did do a studio version of it. There's only this live version. It's under Uh, two minutes. There's a little bit of audience interplay. It feels like Elvis is not committed. It's a song that is just, I hate to say it, but just kind of there. You know, I I have it by Dean Martin. I like his version better. I think it suits Dean Martin better. I think Um, this could have been
0: another one of those inclusions for a good choice for a worldwide broadcast. Let's just do the big range of stuff. Because, yeah, he didn't do this that often. And I've never thought it doesn't sound like a song Elvis would do, but now that you've said it, I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's very sort of, yeah, happy. It's very major key, which is not yeah,
1: something he did. It feels a lot like of. Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, or
0: it's a, it's Don not, Ho. Yeah, now that you've said it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think so. It's a bit of a yeah. weird choice. Yeah, but I mean, it's not bad.
1: <laughs> but Yeah, it's just an odd one, and it's so short. You know, you can't get upset about it. It's. Yeah, it's but
0: then fine. you get to the next song, you're like, you've totally forgotten about it. Yeah, already. you can
1: know, you can understand why Elvis was taking a little yeah. rest before. Need the next a little song. rest
0: before track 18. It's suspicious minds, and just from the first five seconds of this, just the energy yeah. just kicks you. It's like, yep, yeah, here we go. Ronnie's already off and running. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just crazy. It's just so good. We don't get a shove it up your nose Uh, for this uh, proper big TV performance, but that's fine. We do get the never Mm -hmm. lied to you, no, not much. And then that Mm -hmm. little smirk again. And of course, just Ronnie going bananas on the drums. And I think this track, and of course, you know why, but I think this song is so far in the show the most movement we've seen oh, for sure. out of elvis because ronnie just he can't he can't <laughs> control himself and neither can elvis when ronnie starts going during those bits near the end you get those big red and blue like strobe light right flashing it's like oh here's the big exciting part in case you haven't noticed we'll do the lights for you but yeah
1: great great version. yeah i i pretty much have the same thing he never does a bad version of this ever and neither does ronnie yeah, we get the. I hope this suit don't tear up, baby. But we don't get oh, the. Oh yeah, other stuff. yeah. God, all I've got is just that. Uh, just you know, it's a great mix. Oh, I, I have that. I'm hearing way too much Charlie in the beginning, like they're doing harmony throughout. But like the first couple of lines, at least the the new mix, oh, yeah. I'm really hearing Charlie Hodge too loud. But only for like the first two lines, and then it gets back to. Elvis, mostly. whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, it's suspicious. Yeah. moments. you know what can you say? Like it's you said, I great. don't
0: think I've seen or heard a bad version. No, I never have never had. This is one of the songs where he just he does it right every time. Mm-hmm. There's no throwaway. It's not hound dog. There's no you know. Let's just get this over and done. It's like we're gonna yeah. do it. We're gonna do it right. And every time it's like wow, yep, they they did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I do like the. Um, I feel like the guy with the lights was a little slow. Like he should have came in sooner i, I yeah. definitely remember watching it thinking the strobe lights should have kicked in now and they should have gone off they were a little bit off but that's not a big deal mm. and you certainly can't hear it that's just a visual thing but I that's like all it. i have he, some, a, some a,
0: some a some fan stuff. gives him a fan mm, yeah he fans his face <laughs> and then he's like he basically says like what do you want what do you want to do <laughs> yes he does do you want to kiss do you want to and he's like yep okay that's what's happening <laughs> yeah i like that uh, i think that is just so funny that he like <laughs> even ask the question (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I suppose you know that's he knows what how do I even explain it he probably understands how big a deal it is for that person Mm. so he's going to give them what they want not what he thinks you know he should do which is amazing well, he, because most people wouldn't do that what no big artists these days would go up to a fan and go so what do you want me to do yeah
1: that's crazy Elvis, me. i mean he literally seems like he would give you the shirt off his back the nicest guy in the world yeah we're gonna get to it but i mean he gives away his belt his cape i mean he yeah he just well, gives he gave everything everything he can so this like. this it's song's
0: amazing. amazing and again yeah. they stuff the end of it which is annoying mm. <laughs> but what are you gonna do with a 50 year old show right right Track number 19, band introductions. And a few things I read is that some, I think some audio versions of this, they've edited out a few things. They did. Like the general flunky line is missing. Yeah, yeah
1: this is the first other time... things. and
0: it's just like what what's going on why yeah were they thinking back then about cancel culture were they like <laughs> is general flunky going to be offensive to somebody it's like why that just that little bit it's like weird well
1: they also cut out earlier when he when he said when i did that song i yeah. was just a little kid i'm lying like a rug that's not on the original
0: that's an off-the-cuff elvis being elvis that's the one thing yeah. you want to keep in and they're like no cut that yeah. out
1: but yeah they did cut out the the flunky joke in the original one and i think they yeah yeah him introducing jack lord from hawaii 50 as well that's not in there
0: yep, yeah my, my favorite actor jack lord from hawaii 50 is in the audience yeah i like that yeah he thanks to marty Passetta, who was the
1: guy who put this whole thing together and he talks about the charity oh i should mention maybe the story is that jack lord and his wife were at the rehearsal show as well they went to both and that Elvis gave his original cape to Jack Lord's wife, and they had to, like, rush oh, wow. and get the guy to, like, fly from America to Hawaii and, like, put together another cape at the last minute. And then Elvis gave that one away as well. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I know about Jack Lord is is him and his wife were at both concerts, and she got wow. the original cape. That'd be worth something. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think I read somewhere that somebody who got one of the capes, like— Gave it back to Graceland so they could display it. Oh wow, it. that is uh, yeah. I've lost track. That's now. amazing. There's some stories about that.
0: There is a good shot of when he introduced the orchestra and they all stand up. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect shot for you to see that giant yeah. mirror. It's probably the best shot of it in the entire show. You can just see what a massive thing mm-hmm. it is. Oh, it's crazy. But um, yeah, he talks about the the Kui Lee charity. They was they wanted to raise at least twenty five, and they got seventy five thousand, which is amazing. Yeah, I don't as well. know
1: what that is in twenty twenty three money. oh yeah that would be probably because that was 1973 that would be massive money
0: yeah but yeah track number 20 I'll remember you
1: yes this is the first song on the final Uh side of the album track one disc two side Side,
0: two the final (laughs) side so side yes four side D one of those
1: (laughs) any any one of those things what do you got I, I love this song this is a song that if you were an Elvis fan and he did this at this show it had to be I mean this is like a deep cut This song was a bonus song on the spin-out soundtrack in the 60s. I mean, this is like a very Mm. deep cut to pull out. I mean, I know why he—because the writer of the song established the Cancer Foundation, so that's why he's doing it. But it's still, like, very unexpected to hear this track. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I love it. I've got the amount of confidence just oozing from Elvis is amazing. I think I might like this live version better than his original studio version from 66, I think. It's just, it's really good. And the new mix is also really great. The strings sound really good. Yeah, I, I, it's a great song. Love it. Glad he did it. Well, even on the,
0: the normal version, like on the video version that I'm watching, you can really hear that orchestra. They're really, even that's mixed pretty well, which, you know, some tracks, they sort of get lost a bit, uh, especially when you've got all the big, the rock band stuff going on. But, you know, they're there and you can hear, you can sort of hear, oh, there there's an orchestra there doing something. Yeah. But here, they're really... Up front and it's it's nice to hear them clearly yeah there's a part of this song which I talked about before and it's where there's like a key change like two-thirds of the way through mm. and he sings this I'll yeah. remember and then he lands on a different note that yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. expecting and it's so it's so nice to have a really good close-up yeah. of his face because he know that he nails that note and then the band comes back in and again he just gives them this look like yep nailed it again and it's <laughs> yeah. just so good to see yeah but yeah He did this song on and off I've heard this on a, a lot of live shows mm-hmm. That I've heard Not loads But yeah, enough He was doing it in But it's uh, Yeah it was good yeah, that he did it He was doing it a little bit th- the year before The more I think about it This show is I such think a great I uh, Like a promo reel for Elvis It's like look at all these different yeah. songs I can do It's like there's literally everything here And yeah And then we go straight to track 21 Long tour Sally Whole lot of Shaking Finally all these, Yeah early. which he promised about nine tracks ago <laughs> 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 Exactly Oh, I, I just love the rock and roll stuff. Yeah, this and, is a big one. And again, James does his solo and Elvis just gives him his 100% full attention, just stands there and stares mm-hmm. at him and watches the whole thing. Amazing. Can you imagine? I don't know Justin Bieber, but I, I don't see him doing <laughs> right. that. No, he'd be over there like looking at the crowd and stuffing around and not paying attention to the band. Yeah. I really like the line about bald-headed yeah. Sally because he laughs, the band laughs.
1: This is a song, it's a song by Little Richard originally, a classic rock and roll song. Elvis did record it. It was on his second album in 1956, but that's only half of the medley. The yeah, other didn't half, he used to
0: also do, oh, wasn't there, a, there's another version where he puts like Flip Flop and Fly and something else yeah, on the Yeah, there's well. a really
1: long medley on the Elvis Live in Memphis album in 1974, I think. Mm. And yeah, that one's got a really long medley with Jailhouse Rock, Flip Flop and Fly, Lottie Miss long oh, tall sally it's got kind of, 40 i haven't heard that song, that song for so that was long one of the first 45s i think i ever we'll had get to that <laughs> was uh Lonnie miss Claudie. anyway so the other half of the medley is a whole lot of shaking going on which uh everybody knows by jerry lee lewis but he's another person that is not a songwriter which i, I don't think people know that people assume jerry Lee lewis wrote his own songs like elvis but neither of them were songwriters hmm. uh Elvis had done a really good studio version of this just a couple of years earlier on Elvis Country. And yeah, this is good. It's fun. It it fits. It's good for the show. It's always good. He didn't do it very often, maybe because he it wasn't his song and maybe he felt uncomfortable doing it. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a good version of a, of a song he rarely ever did live. With the, the shake, baby,
0: shake part, it gives him a good chance to, you know, shake his <laughs> legs around and do yeah. the thing that a lot of people probably yeah. came to see him do. Especially, you know, in some of these countries where they mightn't have seen a lot of Elvis, but they just heard about this guy who mm-hmm. shook his legs when he danced. Well, they get yeah. a bit of that here.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then we go to the, the, the big, big the big one, one yeah. Track 22. An American trilogy I just love the start when James is playing the guitar Elvis mm-hmm. is literally standing facing like a meter away from him he's right mm-hmm. in front of him and they're like just staring at each other and both doing their their
1: parts yeah this is actually the the song where I made the note that you can see Elvis mm. giving nods of approval to different people throughout the show that he knew they were all just nailing Oh
0: it. yeah, when the, the backing singers as well. Yeah, all
1: of them, yeah.
0: He just literally puts his mic down, just stands there and stares at him and listens mm-hmm. to it. But every time I hear this song and you actually get a really good close-up oh, of the soul. guy, when it's the flute solo, mm-hmm. I just think of the pressure that guy <laughs> is under to nail that part. Like, there's literally hardly anything else playing. Yeah. It's just you and all the people in that massive arena plus all the countless people who were watching. I mean, fair enough, it's just a normal show. There might be you know, a thousand people whatever but i think of the pressure on that guy yeah every that's single funny. time <laughs> just to nail that part
1: we've had such scary. similar reactions to every song on this show it seems like because i had the same thing yeah. like when they cut to that close-up i have the same thing like that oh, guy's yeah. gonna be under so much pressure
0: because what just one wrong note and it's like oh my god you've ruined the entire thing
1: i definitely have heard a live version of where the flute does miss a note, or does hit oh. a wrong note. But man, I couldn't tell you which one. I no. know there's one <laughs> where there's a trumpet solo instead of a flute, and that's kind of weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's on. that was on the Silver Box set in 1980, but it's probably been put out elsewhere now by FTD. But yeah, I had the same thought, like this guy's gotta be under so much pressure, but just like Elvis and everybody in the band, everybody just nails it this night. And that is the coolest part, right after the flute solo, and the music starts building again, And you can see, and Elvis is just like yelling off mic to the band. You can see him, his mouth going, yeah. And that part, I mean, how anybody could not get chills when he comes back in beyond me. It's just incredible.
0: I've got literally the exactly (laughs) the same thing.
1: It's like, you know
0: that part where it really builds up and (laughs) you can just see like the intensity Mm -hmm. on his face and then he starts to shout. You can see how much the music is affecting him. And uh, I've got exactly the same thing written there. It's just great to see it on such a cool close up as well, because they could have zoomed way back for some stupid reason. But no, they got the camera angle perfect that time. And I had totally
1: forgotten that he gave his belt away in this show. I remembered the cape, but then he, he like tosses his belt after this song, which is just like crazy. Yeah, it's like his impulse is to just give so much that, you know, he's, he's tearing his clothes off and giving him away. I mean, he's just, it's insane. There's a funny he's part just, so just before, into it.
0: that after the yeah. flute solo, mm-hmm. just before it starts to build, he's staring oh, at maybe Ronnie, uh-huh. maybe it's Ronnie. And you just see <laughs> him gonna say blow yeah. yep. his hair up. And you know that's to try and make <laughs> someone laugh because yeah. you just know that's what he'd do and again he's just yeah. got the tiniest smoke like afterwards it's, you barely yeah. notice it you, but you it's there you all the, then yeah. it starts you to go crazy you caught all the cool
1: little pieces that I caught as well yeah that's all the stuff I love those little glow blowing his hair like that yeah awesome you have
0: to it's Elvis how do you not but you know right. You could get other people who would watch this and they wouldn't see any of these things. People see things differently. (laughs) So that track is great. Let's go to track 23, A Big Hunk of Love. It's a great version of this. The best part about this whole (laughs) song, apart from I like the song, Mm -hmm. is this is where we get to the revenge.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right.
0: From the screwing up the start of... Was it Can't Stop Loving You? Yes. Where he was drinking the water and Glenn's like, I'm going to get him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the funniest part of this is in the piano solo, just when when it ends, just like in Can't Stop Loving You. It was just when Elvis had to do his big first Mm. few words to the song. Glenn screwed (laughs) it up for him. At least in this part, Elvis waits till the end of He gets to the end of his piano Mm. solo and then Elvis throws his water on him and I think Glenn is expecting it because if you watch Glenn, the whole solo, he cannot take his eyes off Elvis because I think he knows the second that he does, that water is coming (laughs) his way like Glenn barely looks down for a millisecond Mm. to look at what he's playing because he doesn't want to take his eyes off Elvis because he knows the second that he does, he's getting wet and it's just really funny to watch. And again, you know, this is literally five seconds out of this whole song but that's the only part I'm talking
1: Mm. about in the whole song. And of course you have no idea if you're just listening. That's strictly a visual thing. Again, yep. Yeah, it was hard to catch because I was watching it too and I was watching Glenn and he's like ready for the water to hit him (laughs) like right from the beginning. He's doing his
0: big solo and he's just staring at Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) And then just when Elvis throws it, you see Glenn like duck to the side to try and miss it. It's just really funny.
1: And then there's another shot where you actually see the glass hit the stage, which I guess it's plastic because it didn't shatter or anything. Yeah, I
0: think it's just a plastic because it yeah but Yeah,
1: there's one shot it just drops yeah, on one the ground. shot where you see it in the you know behind Elvis because Elvis is like after he throws the water at Glenn, he just immediately heads to the other side of the stage And with much. a big smile on his face cause he knew what he just did. <laughs> the other thing about this song is this is another kind of a deep cut. I mean this is like a 1959 song. It came out when Elvis was in the army. I can only assume that the lyrical similarity with Burning Love might be why they chose this song, because it's another big hunk of love.
0: Well, also, I think it might have been, um, Mm -hmm. yes, they're trying to do a big range of, you know, genres of songs, but they were probably also trying to do a range of songs from different eras because they want stuff for the new Elvis fans. They want stuff for the really old Elvis fans. So you've got Hound Dog, you've got some older stuff. And this is one of those, yeah, really early ones.
1: It does make me wish he would have gone back to this particular session more, Big Hunk Love is from that. One Night is from that session. There were a lot of great songs. I got stung. A lot of songs he never did live. It's just, it's interesting he chose this one because all of those songs were really high quality. But yeah, this is, a, this is a great one.
0: We mentioned a while ago that how good would it have been if he had gone back and re-recorded in like 1976, yeah. even though he wasn't recording then, if he had re-recorded those really early songs with the voice that he had. Because the songs he recorded in <laughs> yeah. the, you know in the 50s he had this really high, really young voice. He's like, ba, 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 ba. And then later, the voice was just yeah. so different. And if he had sung some of those songs,
1: oh my God, just to have those versions would be amazing. Well, in a lot of ways, that's, you know, this is amazing, really, that he covered this in 1973 again mm. like it's hard for me to call anything a surprise because i've heard this show so many times but this is a sort of an odd song choice you know what i mean it just wasn't one he did that often big hunk of love it's just good yeah and this is where i think
0: you see probably one of the best shots of all those massive lights yeah. up on the back of the stage there there's a wide shot and you can see like all the elvis and the, yeah. the images and stuff it's really good and Agreed. then he sort of wraps it up he introduced again he introduces um
1: a song from Blue Hawaii. Yeah, but it makes more sense here because he's in Hawaii.
0: Oh, yeah. Just in case you Hawaiian people didn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've made a couple of movies here. <laughs> yeah, so it's track, the
0: final track, really 24 Can't Help yeah. Falling in Love. Song. He did it at every show. Kind of hard. Before this song, he's getting his cape. Charlie's putting his cape on. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like you've mentioned, he ends up throwing it into the crowd, which is very unexpected because those things wouldn't be cheap. Oh, hell no. You know, you're talking (laughs) even then probably thousands of dollars like
1: because they're all got like, yeah, I don't know, gem stones or stuff stuck all over it. Yeah. And they're handmade. I mean, specifically for him and. And the same thing with the belt. Like I so said, the belt, I totally forgot he did that. But yeah, the belt and the cape I did, went out.
0: I did read about crazy. the belt as well. And again, big money on those things. Yeah. And again, yeah. for the cameras, I'm giving them everything. Yeah. Because you know, if this was a <laughs> if this was a Prince concert and he threw his guitar, you know, as soon as Prince is off the stage, security's in that Absolutely. crowd grabbing that guitar back. <laughs> no. No one's keeping that guitar. Uh-huh. Um great big yeah. end note, of course, for this. And then finally, when he's, this song is over, mm-hmm. you see the audience yeah. actually moving. They're jumping around. They're going crazy because it's the end of the show.
1: And I just wish they could have been doing that yeah, for the whole show. That would, have been, that would have made it more interesting if there was a lot more audience. I think the first half of really the show would have been, a, I won't say quite different,
0: but it would have been different if Elvis saw the crowd having mm-hmm. a lot more fun than they appeared to be having. If they actually were allowed to get up right. and do what they wanted, yeah. I think he would have been a bit less nervous because, you know, if he's looking out, and just seeing everyone sitting yeah. there silently.
1: Well, that's why when you mentioned concerts in Japan, that's why I was kind of wondering if how he would have responded to that. Would he have like you said, they would have told him. But still, if you're used to getting a specific reaction from a crowd and you're not getting it, that's got to feel yeah. bizarre. And and I assume that's what happened in this show, too. They, You know, like you said, the they crowd had to stay in place because they're filming. You couldn't have mayhem in the in the aisles. And Elvis has to stand still. And so, yeah, it's a little bit awkward in the, in the beginning until it loosens and I'm,
0: up. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he would have been aware as well. You'd think that the audience yeah, sure. has been told to, you know, just Actually. calm down a bit. So don't be rattled when you get out there and they're not yeah. reacting the normal way. He must have been told that because oh, yeah, if he, they didn't tell him that, that's um, some sort of negligence.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, sh- I'm sure he knew. Yeah, I can't help falling in love. I don't, yeah, nothing I can say about it either. It's, it's always good. That's the end of this show. It's a great
0: show and I haven't watched it for so long. I should say, this is the end. This is the conclusion, the the outro. Mm-hmm. It's great. And yeah, Elvis is off the stage and they're all just still going. Ronnie's still going crazy. Yeah, it goes quite a while. Oh. I was happy to watch this because yeah, it's been so long since I've watched
1: it. Yeah, it's like, it had been so long since i had seen it and then I had watched the, the rehearsal one not long ago and I really, this was so much better than I remembered it. I, I didn't remember it being that much better than the rehearsal, but it's it's way better than the rehearsal to me. Uh, During the rehearsal, Elvis was really forgetting lots of lyrics and just seemed kind of sleepy for half of it. He's wide awake from the start in this one. But Mm. yeah, in many ways, this is like the pinnacle of his career. He kind of conquered the world. And for the next four years until he died, it was just nonstop touring of North America. So this is kind of the big this is the way I think most people sort of remember him. Uh, I I think this is kind of when Elvis became enshrined almost like like, this is this is like when he yeah. ascended to, to whatever he became like. This is the image. What can I say about this album as an audio album? It's
0: fine. I wouldn't rate it that much better or that much worse than any other official live albums. It sounds fine. It's, mm-hmm. it's like I said, because he's so focused on his vocals and not jumping around the vocals. Well, are better. I mean,
1: the, the previous the album right before this was Madison Square Garden. And, I mean, this has got a much better sound, I think. Especially yeah. on the new FTD. <laughs> Go and buy it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, considering the very last album was another concert, the way this one was recorded seems much better. I'm guessing maybe Marty
0: was responsible for that and not oh, yeah, probably. Felton. I think Felton was sick or uh, yeah,
1: something that's right. around G- this
0: time, I read.
1: Yeah, there's a whole thing with Joan Deary and some fight for his job behind the scenes. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a whole thing <laughs> going on.
0: But yeah, it's one of the biggest things he ever did yeah. career-wise, I, just massive. I, I've got to say, I don't buy the 1 billion or 1.2, 1.5 billion, the numbers yeah. just keep getting higher. You know, was there even that many people in the world? You know, I'll, I'll give it half a billion. still. Oh, I crazy heard, amount back then. I don't know why they had to go a billion. I'm sure that was just right. Colonel Parker's. Well, I heard big promo. You just pick the biggest number you can. OK, a billion. I there I heard we go. one
1: quote that said it was watched by every third person on Earth, which is which, no way. It's no. just that's not because, possible because but. those
0: people didn't all have yeah. TVs. So you just know it's not <laughs> no. true. It doesn't even make sense. And I'm sure, sure. You want to say Elvis was big, but. When it doesn't even make sense, <laughs> right. you're not doing yourself right. any favors that way. Whether it was half a billion or 750 million or, you know, whatever number, you know, that's still a huge number. It's nothing that you can say, oh, what a disappointment. It's still massive. But they chose a billion. And now every, every time I read it, it seems to be the numbers higher. I've seen yeah. 1.2. I've seen 1.5 billion. It's like, no, yeah. that is insane
1: yeah but this was but yeah, yeah, it's a great album. I, I, I don't know. I think this was the last number one album of his life. I think, I think so. I some think things I might have gone to number like one that. on the country chart, but this was his last number one on the, yeah, the Hot one general. Number. yeah, uh, after he died, Moody Blue hit it. but during his lifetime, this mm, was the last true. big album. and this was really a big album. Like I said, I mean, I read the other things that were on the charts at the same time, and it's it's crazy for a double album. To go number one and to sell the way this did when competing with Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all this other stuff at the same time. I mean, this was a triumph, there's no doubt. When this came out,
0: uh, would you say this was before he was really, he got that reputation as being just a a Vegas sort of act? Like he'd had done Vegas, but that wasn't his main reputation at this
1: point, was it? I think the same people who had issues that I talked at length about during the Madison Square Garden concert. I, I mean, there's always gonna be a, a faction that just isn't gonna uh, take Elvis seriously or isn't gonna, they're just gonna be dismissive of him. Yeah. But no, I think for the most part, for the world at large, like you said, a lot of people are seeing him for the very first time and he's just, no, I don't think he was carrying all that Vegas baggage,
0: yeah. The Vegas I, reputation, the... Yeah, I think it was after,
1: after this more
0: Yeah. So this was the, uh, what's that word? The zenith. This was literally the peak, like the biggest he probably ever was. And then, you know, he'd gotten up to here and then sadly it was down was after this.
1: At least um, not artistically, though. We should mention that. He he continued to get good. I mean, I loved uh, from Elvis Presley Boulevard is one of my favorite albums, much more than this album. But yeah, as far as success and appeal or whatever. Yeah, that that unfortunately declined. Yeah, Yeah, that went down.
0: And we can... I don't want to get into the whole thing, but Colonel Parker, you know, if Elvis had been allowed to basic, allowed, what a ridiculous Mm. thing to say. If he was allowed to go overseas and do shows in other countries, that Vegas reputation would have been a a different thing. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah. Because he
0: wouldn't have been season after season after season in Vegas, doing two shows, doing the same thing every night. And even, I don't want to go into substance Mm -hmm. issues, but if he was traveling overseas, he wouldn't have been allowed to have all those things coming in and out of different countries. So even that could have made a difference to where everything was going. So again, who knows? I
1: mean, of course I don't, I never met Elvis, but I, I feel like if he would have gone to Europe or gone to Asia and was touring there, that, that he would have been so Excited by it and focused uh, that that he wouldn't have really needed oh, the yeah. drugs. Maybe you know what I mean. I, I think he did it out of boredom and mm. out of the tedium of being stuck in Vegas. <laughs> and I think if he'd had new, yeah, new challenges, he might have. You know, the adrenaline of that yeah. would have been enough. Maybe. I mean, that's no, I you know, so. my idealized version of Elvis. If he'd had some sort well, of this was the last challenge. This was his last challenge, really. You know, after this, it was just yeah. repetition. It's so like, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, he conquered this? the world. I mean, it's literally. Yeah. Now what? Well, a <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Sad huh? note to end
0: on. Um, I mean, it, yeah, we shouldn't... It, <laughs> go and listen to this album. It, go and watch... Pull out your DVD. Go and watch the show. Everyone's got like these, you know, 60-inch, 70-inch mm-hmm. TVs now. Get out your DVD and watch this again. It's Absolutely. it's better than you remember, yeah.
1: hopefully. That's what yeah, I can I, say. same thing. It was far better than I remembered it being. It's. I was really surprised it was so much better than the rehearsal. Like, I, I kind of remembered them being almost equal. But seeing this... So quickly after having watched the rehearsal, I feel like this is head and shoulders. He brought above. it. Absolutely. I mean, he,
0: yeah, for the he, big TV like,
1: show he conquered
0: the world. Basically. That's where you end the show. <laughs> there you go. I agree. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can send us an email at elvisreviewspodcast yes. at gmail.com. Not sure what we're doing next. That's a surprise. There you go. Oh, happy Easter. It's Easter. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's all we've got to say. We rambled on again, much longer, longer than yeah. we thought, but that's just the way it is. Hey that's an Elvis quote. It is. Just realised. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Oh, that's it. Okay, listen, you can hear Ronnie coming in, he's he's gone bananas. <laughs> bye bye everybody. See you next time. Yeah. Elvis has left the building.